0: Welcome into Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Monday night as we celebrate what was a wire to wire victory, basically, for your Denver Nuggets, the final score of which was much closer than it actually was 124 to 111. Uh, the Nuggets dominated in this game, headlined by Nikola Jokic, who Put up a monster stat line of 19 points, 18 assists, and 12 rebounds. He is making an early MVP case this season, and it's been really good to see. Been really impressed with what we've seen from Nikola Jokic thus far. First segment of this, we're going to talk about the starters. We're going to talk about how they did tonight. Second segment, we'll do the, the defense, focus in on Michael Porter Jr. and the bench a little bit. Michael Porter Jr., of course, started, but I, I want to talk about him more specifically in this because there are some defensive things that I want to talk about with him. And in the third segment, we're going to talk about three key trends that I've picked up on in the Denver's first three games, and we'll just highlight those and file them away for later because I think it's going to be interesting to circle back around to those later in the season and whether they're actually still uh, serious in terms of what we what we think about this Nuggets team. So let's get into it. Uh, first of all, I I don't know if I would consider the Rockets a great approximation, uh, to measure the nuggets and where they are at as a team. Uh, the Rockets had nine players tonight. They had a bunch of G league talents, uh, James Harden, Christian Wood. Uh, they, they did have most of a starting lineup or starting caliber players together. Um, P.J. Tucker was out there, Daniel House was out there, but it wasn't really great. Um, That team has a major weakness at the center position defensively uh, with P.J. Tucker and Christian Wood, and Nikola Jokic was able to take advantage of that early in this game. He was more of a, a scorer than he was a passer at the beginning of this game, but as it went along, he started to navigate how the Rockets were trapping him what they were doing with their sets, and he just started picking this Rockets team apart. It was honestly glorious to watch. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen such a surgical passing performance from a player, and it was glorious, in all honesty. He finished with 18 assists, but it felt like he could have had a lot more. Uh, Denver had a couple of opportunities pass up on him. Uh, they, they missed a, f- a few open shots, but that's to be expected. But they also kind of had some boneheaded turnovers there. Um, they also missed a bunch of free throws, which we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, Jokic was on his game, and he's been on his game through these first three games and uh, just doing a lot of incredible things with the ball in his hands. Uh, he continues to dictate the pace of the game. Uh, the Nuggets don't play at a very quick pace when he's on the floor but he makes such quick decisions with the ball that it helps always put Denver into an advantageous position. I don't know what it's going to look like when the Nuggets face a really good defense. Uh, the Clippers are a good defense, but I don't know. They they still have some things that they're working on. Um, but the Rockets are not, and they will never be a good defense again. Uh, not as long as Wood is starting at center and, and 36-year-old P.J. Tucker is also there. Like, it just, it, it's not going to happen. Um, but Jokic has been really, really good to start this year. Uh, again, 19 points, 18 assists, 12 rebounds. I predicted a 15-15-15 game from him at the beginning of today. And it, it was pretty close. I, I I'll take I'll take partial credit for that because I don't think anybody realistically thought he would get 15 assists. But he was in his bag tonight. He was throwing some things. And some blind passes, uh, maneuvering the defense and manipulating them to the spot that he needed them to be so that he could thread some passes, had some great backdoor passes to Will Barton, some under-the-baseline passes to Paul Millsap, and then was zipping some passes across the court to Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, He looked really good, and Denver has him in gear thus far. That's really good to see. That's the most important thing that they could ask for. Jamal Murray also had it going tonight. He took a hard fall uh, when Jayshon Tate ran into him. Uh, Murray's playing good defense. I think he's been pretty good for most of this year defensively. Um, offensively, it's taken a little bit to come around, but he has his jump shot working tonight. Uh, looked really good. When when he was open for three, he took those shots, and when the mid-range jump shot was open, he took those two. Uh, he didn't force anything at the rim. And there, there is definitely some concern about his ability to get to the rim against a team like the Rockets, though. Though I do want to point something out. Uh, the Rockets, the one thing they do really well defensively, they collapse on the paint against dribble drives. Uh, James Harden likes to patrol the baseline in those cases. He'll, he'll sink down into the very middle of the paint. Uh, P.J. Tucker, Christian Wood when he's not guarding Jokic. Uh, Daniel House. uh, They had David Nawaba on him as well, who's a really good defender. So I didn't expect Jamal Murray to have a really good game tonight, but he had the jump shot working, and that's what really makes it that makes a difference in this case. Uh, I don't think the Rockets are a great matchup for him offensively. That doesn't mean that he won't be good, and I think he'll be a lot better against the Kings uh, as a dribble drive threat uh, tomorrow night. So keep that in mind when you're when you're taking your Jamal Murray takes. Uh he had the jump shot going tonight and he's already up to about 36% from 3. Uh, so after 3 games, it really is so early when talking about these things. So uh keep that in mind when you're evaluating. Gary Harris also had a breakthrough today. He he was only 2 of 6 from 3, but the 2 of 6, the 2 uh that was probably the big the big deal here. Um, him being able to take and make shots and being willing to take those shots is really important. Uh, he did have one kind of egregious three point take where PJ Tucker, did, he kind of, uh, uh, what am I thinking? He, he baited him into taking a, an isolation three from the corner and it wasn't a good shot. And Gary should know better than to take that one, uh, get that ball to Jokic, cut off ball, move off ball. And you'll, you'll get a better look than that. Even if it is a three in the corner. Um, I definitely think that Gary is at kind of a crossroads with this Nuggets team. Uh, they've thought about trading him in the past. They've tried to. They tried to go get Drew Holiday. Uh, when you look at what Gary is in this league right now, he has to be a 3-and-D shooting guard. And he, he moves off ball and does a good job with that, but his usage is so down on this Nuggets roster that him being willing and able to take and make efficient shots is the most important thing he can do offensively. That's cutting back door, that's driving all the way to the rim as opposed to settling for a mid-range shot, and that's taking and making the open threes that you get. So it was good to see him do that tonight. He had 14 points on 10 shots. The Nuggets will take that every single time. Uh, 10 shots is actually more than I thought it would be, but... Again, when Jokic is dealing the way that he is, uh, you're going to be open and you're going to get your opportunities. So, good on Gary for taking advantage of that. His defense on James Harden was fine. I thought it was it wasn't good. Michael Malone said it was good. Uh, I I do think that there's still concerns about his height, uh, his ability to wall off the perimeter uh, when he's when he's guarding a player that's taller than him. I thought that Harden at the beginning of this game, he found Christian Wood very frequently, and it's not because of Jokic. Uh, Jokic has a 7'3 wingspan, and he's looking more athletic by the day. Uh, It's probably more to do with Gary. So I I would be... I'd have to watch it back again and watch those passing windows, but I'd still think that Denver has some concerns there. So Gary has to be great. Uh, If Jamal Murray's going to guard his position and Michael Porter Jr is going to guard his position. Gary Harris has to guard his position the best possible, the best he can possibly do it. Um or else the utility for him in the starting lineup is is a little bit less. So, it was good to see him hit shots. I hope that it continues. I really really do. And then Paul Millsap, I think Paul Millsap deserves a shout out. He was wonderful today. Uh 7 of 8. I think he had 19 points. Uh, A lot of that baseline action where where he cuts under the rim at the perfect time uh, while Jokic is driving down Main Street while he's uh, at the dotted circle basically trying to navigate where he's going to pass to. Uh, Millsap does a really, really, really great job of navigating that and timing it up as best as he can. Uh, If he was able to jump higher, I think he would be even more effective, Uh, but it's hard to argue with 7 of 8. He has his three-point shot going as well. Uh, it's a really great thing to see Paul Millsap sort of uh, replace Jeremy Grant in a way that, like, you're not really thinking about Jeremy Grant as often as as you thought you might, as often as I thought I might. Um, it's been really good to see him. He he owned up to some of his struggles in the bubble and has since really been a professional. Uh, come back and really put on the hard hat made the shots that he's had, uh, made, made his opportunities count. Uh, I've liked what I've seen from Paul. Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Michael Porter Jr., the defense, and the bench unit. We will be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. back. Nuggets number is Ryan Blackburn here. Uh, Solo pod tonight. Uh, Nuggets play tomorrow or when you listen to this, they're they're playing Tuesday night. So make sure to tune into that one. Uh, If you could give a rating review and subscribe to the Apple podcast feed to Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts would really appreciate it. It's been a project of mine that I've really tried to uh, take under take into account, uh, do my best to help lead this group and they've done a really good job of responding. So been very happy with everybody here. Uh, leave a review, five stars if you can. Um, okay. Let's talk about Michael Porter jr. Uh, he had a good bounce back game tonight overall, uh, 14 points, nine or nine rebounds, even had two assists and a block. Uh, he was only a plus two in a game where Nikola Jokic was plus 20, uh, That's not entirely Porter's fault. Uh, Jokic had a lot of opportunities where he was playing with a lineup that was just operating really well. Uh, Will Barton, P.J. Dozier, those guys played really strong defense and they did enough rebounding to make it work. But Porter's in a really interesting spot with Denver because you can really point to what he does well and say, yeah, he deserved to be on the floor because of that. Like Just because of that, because of that raw talent, you can say, yeah, this guy, he definitely deserves it, and you should play him with Jokic and with Murray as much as you possibly can to form a big three. He has that kind of talent. On the other hand, you can also say, wow, Michael Porter Jr. got burned repeatedly defensively by James Harden and by Christian Wood and by a lot of the other matchups that he had tonight. Uh, it could have been David Nawaba shooting in his face. It was Jay Sean Tate one time, Sterling Brown. Uh, not a lot of great players that that shot in the face of Michael Porter Jr. and still made their shots. Uh, James Harden really took him to the woodshed, though. Like that's the That's the best scorer in the game right now. And he dusted off Michael Porter Jr. like he wasn't even there. So... That's going to be a big step for Porter when he when he finally comes into his own, when he hits his prime. He has to be a guy that when you switch onto a perimeter scorer like that, they can't get everything that they want. Uh, Harden still isolates against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and does really great things against those guys, too. So this isn't just a Porter problem. But he also fouled James Harden twice. Uh, in the act of shooting, uh, he when he gave too much room, Harden saw that and immediately rose and fired from three and made those shots as well. Uh, Harden tonight had an absurd stat line of 34 points, eight assists, 10 of 16 from the field, five of nine from three, nine of nine from the free throw line. A lot of those points can be dir- directly attributed to mistakes that Porter made. Uh, there was a stretch there in the third quarter, I'm pretty sure, either the second or the third, where Harden really took it to Porter in isolation and said, hey, I'm going to have your man screen for me, and you are going to have to guard me. And Porter wasn't up to the task at that point, so it's clear that he isn't ready with some things, that there are going to always be things with him that he really struggles with, uh isolation defense and pick-and-roll defense as the role man could be one of them. Uh, he was able to navigate that a little bit better as the Utah Jazz uh, series rolled on, and, and he wasn't as much of a liability against the Clippers or the, La- or the Lakers, but that was honestly more of a personnel thing. Like The players that he would then have to switch on to were closer to his size. Players that are smaller than, than Porter, like James Harden, like Damian Lillard, like uh, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Steph Curry will definitely seek him out as well. Uh, Those guys are going to go at him, and they're going to test him, and they're going to test his feet. Uh, His agility and his hips are not where they need to be in terms of moving up and moving quickly, Uh, but you also have to, as a guy like that, you also have to put on weight so you can bang with threes, fours, and fives because of his size. So, He's in a really tough position. Uh, he's athletic enough where he can do this, where if he switches onto a perimeter scorer, he can guard that player. But I still think that he has a lot of learning to do. He has a lot of technique to do, uh, to, to figure out. And it's going to be a process. It's not going to be a one-year thing. It's not going to be a three-year thing. It might, it might never even happen in his career. Uh, but if it does happen then he does have the potential to be one of the most impactful defenders on Denver's roster. I truly do believe that. But it's got to happen at some point if he wants to stick in the starting lineup and not be trade fodder. Because he is talented. He doesn't necessarily need to be, like, like I, I don't know. he. I think the best thing for Denver's championship contention is for him to be the best possible defender he can be. For Michael Porter Jr. to be the best possible player he can be, that may not necessarily be true. So that's really what I'm saying there. I hope it's a choice that he continues to actively make every single night. Uh, gotta stay attentive, gotta stay focused, gotta be a student of the game. And if he is, then Denver is in a really good place. If not, then they, they're they going to have some work to do. Let's go back to this. Um yeah, James Harden did really well. Christian Wood did really well on the offensive end. Uh, he is a talent. It's it's hard to find a flaw in his game offensively. Uh, 9 of 20 from the field. If you had to pick one thing, I think it was he took too many shots in the floater zone tonight. Uh, Nikola Jokic really baited him into that floater zone. Uh, yeah, just looking at his shot chart, he did a really nice job when he got to the restricted area, but he didn't always get there. Uh, in the paint, not in the restricted area, he was one, two, three, four, five, one of six uh, on those types of shots. So good defense from Nikola Jokic tonight should be said. Uh, Paul Millsap as well, and and Michael Porter Jr. on those rotations. So Denver's length, Denver's ability to force shots away from the rim, that helped. Them. So keep keep the positives up. I'll say. Defense on the spread pick and roll is always going to be difficult for Denver when Porter, Millsap, and Jokic are out there. One of those guys is going to be involved in the action, uh, unless it's a 1-2 pick and roll, which is very rare, but could still happen. Um, Whether it's Porter, who's guarding the roll man, whether it's Paul Millsap, who's guarding the roll man, Nikola Jokic, uh, all three of those guys have to be extremely attentive. Because if any of them are involved in the action, I think they're all—all three of them—are a liability to be blown by on a switch, uh, to be dusted in a pick and roll where they're supposed to maybe set a a hard hedge. But like, if you're a porter tonight, then you were soft hedging a little bit too much, and Harden split the double team a lot, uh, got around him a lot. Uh, Same thing can be said for Millsap. Same thing can be said for Jokic. Like. Those guys are going to be in a really tough spot in the spread pick and roll. Um, and because one of those guys isn't a true small forward uh, from a an athleticism and agility standpoint, it's going to be tough. So I think that if if Denver were to match up with the Rockets in a playoff series, I think their, their lineup that they would want to go to more consistently would probably feature just one of Porter or Millsap, and it would probably be Porter. So I'm not sure where that leaves Millsap. I'm not sure where that leaves Jamichael Green. Uh, Maybe Jamichael Green's a little bit more agile in these cases, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting to monitor that. Denver went to an interesting bench unit today. Uh, Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Will Barton, P.J. Dozier, and Isaiah Hartenstein. Uh, Murray staggered his sub, uh, so he was with the starters, of course, then he went out first, and then he came back in to help run the second unit. I didn't post the final rotation, but he was a big part of that second unit. Uh, He wasn't always a main featured piece of it, but when he did receive the ball, in his limited opportunities, he made the most of them. as a floor spacer, as a creator, he was good defensively tonight, for, except for one or 2 blowbys. Um Liked what I saw from Murray, of course. But I also liked what I saw from Will Barton, P.J. Dozier. Monte Morris was very good as well. Everybody in that lineup, except for possibly Hartenstein, uh, they all did reasonably well. Uh, Monte Morris, for example, 12 points, 5 assists, 5 of 7 from the field. Uh, four rebounds. He was a plus 14. Will Barton, 11 points on 12 shots. Not the efficiency you'd like, but uh, he did have four rebounds. He was a finisher as opposed to a playmaker, and uh, and he did a really nice job with that. PJ Dozier, only one of five from the field, but he was a plus 24, mostly on the strength of his ability to switch, on his ability to disrupt passing lanes, he caused turnovers, he grabbed a rebound, he grabbed five rebounds, uh, one steal, one block. I thought he did a really nice job. I continue to be impressed with him as like the the ninth or tenth man in a rotation. Because of what he does on a consistent basis, because of his ability to impact the game in ways other than scoring or playmaking, uh, he does a really good job, and he's going to be Malone's Tory Craig throughout the year because of those things. Malone is going to continue to watch the tape, realize that PJ Dozier and his ability to deflect a pass or grab a key rebound or generate a steal or whatever. That ability is the reason why Denver was able to go on that run. Not the only reason necessarily, but it was a contributing factor. And when you factor that in, you know Malone is going to keep that guy in the in the in the loop. Uh he may not Always play him a bunch of minutes, but he got 20 tonight. Was a plus 24 in 20 minutes. Uh, Dedra's not going away from that rotation anytime soon. And uh, that that bench unit did struggle um, in the in the second half. Uh, Jokic did have to come back in and help put the game away, but uh, he was more than happy to not shoot and instead create some passes for his teammates. Uh, Not sure what he came back into the game with assist-wise. When he finished with 18, I think he had at least three. Uh, So he was great, obviously, and and he works well with that bench unit as well. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. came back in with that group. Jamal Murray was on that floor. Uh, Really impressed with with what Denver did throughout the year – or throughout throughout the night tonight. Uh, Okay. Let's take one more break when we come back. Gonna do three key trends for Denver's first three games and what we can expect throughout the year. We'll be right back. And we're back. Final segment, Nuggets numbers here. Gonna look at three key trends from Denver's first three games so far. They're one and two, they've they've basically played even in terms of point differential. Um I think three key things have stood out thus far in terms of what we can expect from the Nuggets going forward. Let me tell you about them right here. First one, rebounding. Michael Malone made mention of this in the post-game presser, and he's correct. Uh, Obviously, he's the coach. Uh, Rebounding. Big key for the Nuggets in terms of their point differential and their wins uh, throughout his five years, this being his sixth, in Denver. Uh, When the Nuggets rebound, they usually win. Uh, Denver's ability with Jokic on the glass, with Paul Millsap going down there. Before that, it was Danilo Gallinari. Now it's Michael Porter Jr. Uh, It was Mason Plumlee and Torrey Craig. Now the Nuggets are hoping it's Hartenstein and P.J. Dozier. They are really hoping for rebounding to be their winning indicator throughout the year. If they dominate the glass, if they work harder than the opposing team, if they create more opportunities for themselves and limit the second-chance opportunities for others, they're going to keep winning games. Uh, Denver did a really nice job of this in tonight's game. The rebounding differential was 52-38. to Keep in mind, though, this is one of the smallest teams in the league, the Rockets. Uh, Christian Wood, their nominal center, had three rebounds. Their other nominal center... P.J. Tucker had three rebounds, uh, James Harden had six, Jay Sean Tate off the bench had seven, he was their leading rebounder, uh, it was not a great look from the Rockets in terms of their, their size and their athleticism and their ability to physically dominate, uh, Jokic was different, he had 12, Porter had nine, uh, off the bench, Morris had four, Barton had four, Dozier had five, um, uh, everybody got in on the battle tonight and the Rockets they had only five offensive rebounds. That was really good to see from Denver uh, because in the previous two games, Denver's offensive rebounding or their defensive rebounding was atrocious. They were last in the NBA in terms of their defensive rebounding rates, which I think translates to about 62.5%. Usually you want to be up at around 75% so 62.5, that means that of eight rebounds, the Rockets are grabbing three of them on the offensive end, and the Nuggets are grabbing five. That's really, really bad. That's really, it's, it's honestly, like, given that Denver's trying to protect the hoop, it's, it's atrocious. Uh, the Clippers were more physically dominant than them on Christmas. The Sacramento Kings worked harder than them on the, the starting unit and second unit uh, in terms of trying to earn those boards. I do think that that's going to be something that Michael Malone is going to preach throughout the year. Uh, He's going to need to rely on Porter and Jokic in that case. Uh, Millsap, I think the one thing, if you're looking for him to improve uh, based off of his year, it's his rebounding. He only had three tonight. He's had a couple of games with low rebounding totals thus far. Uh, Sometimes he doesn't have the opportunities because Jokic and Porter are there. Most of the time, though, he just continues to have to fight. He has to box out. He can't be jumped over. uh, And the Nuggets have to gang rebound. It's it's five players. It's not four and and then one leaks out. It's not three and then two leak out. It's not two guys and Jokic and Porter and the other guys just stand there. Everybody has to contribute. That's a big, big deal. Next, the Nuggets are in a really interesting position with their starting lineup from a usage perspective. Uh, There is a clearly defined pecking order right now in terms of who is getting the shots, who is getting the opportunities, who's getting the most opportunities for themselves. Jokic is in the lead. He's the MVP candidate. He's the guy who deserves the most touches because of what he's done so far, what he's done in the past and what he's going to continue to do. He's clearly locked in. We'll talk about that him in the next takeaway, but he deserves to be at the top. Murray is behind him. He's not like super close to him, but he's he is behind him. Uh, He is at uh, Jokic is at a twenty five percent usage rate. Murray's at twenty three. Next up is Porter at twenty two, and so all three of those guys kind of being in that twenty two to twenty five range. That's what you want from a big three. That's what you want from from three players who are trying to separate themselves. Um, if you're looking for approximations, it's not quite what the Warriors were uh, with Steph and Clay and and KD and guys like that. But it's it's approaching that, and that's I think what Denver's going to start emulating at some point. Right now, they still have Will Barton. Uh, Nikola Jokic just spreads the ball all over the place, so. Uh, Paul Millsap still gets his opportunities. Um, right now, the Nuggets aren't staggering as much, though that is a thing that they did tonight. So if they continue to stagger, I think you could see Murray's usage rise. I think you could see Porter's usage rise if he's playing with the bench guys. Um, but those guys are going to have to get most of their opportunities or like their, their large percentage of opportunities with that bench unit because what Jokic likes to do it's in direct contrast with just overloading one player or another. Jokic likes to involve all five guys. So Harris has to stay involved. Paul Millsap has to stay involved. When Will Barton and Monte Morris and P.J. Dozier are out there, they have to stay involved as well. So I'm looking towards that. I'm looking towards whether Denver's pecking order continues to establish itself. uh, If it stays where Jokic is at 25, Murray at 23, Porter at 22... Paul Millsap drops all the way down to 17. Uh, Gary Harris is at 13. That's even a little bit higher than it was last year. Uh, Millsap, his usage has dropped a little bit. People are going to con- they're going to continue to complain about the number of shots that Porter gets, but he does get opportunities. He has had them so far. He had 15 shots on on night one. He had nine shots last night. Uh, And then I think he had 9 tonight, however many it was. Uh, He had 11 tonight. So he's probably going to get into that 12-15 to benchmark most of the time. Only played 24 minutes tonight. Uh, I think that that's a a really good sweet spot for him right now. As he continues to get ingrained, as he continues to figure things out, stay in the 10-15 to mark. If you're open more, then you'll get it more. Uh, Right now, teams are still going to let Millsap be open over Porter. They're going to let Harris be over over, over Porter. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Denver balances that. Uh, so far, they've done a really good job of having Millsap patrol the baseline, but because of his position there, because of Porter's position in the corner, Porter's not going to get as many of those touches in those in those situations. So we will see how they continue to handle it. But the third takeaway that I have, the third key trend, Nikola Jokic is making an early MVP case. Let's just read off of his numbers right now, just so people can really appreciate what he's done. 24 points, 12 rebounds, 14 assists. 62% from the field, 43% from three. That's what he's done so far in terms of his uh, his playmaking volume, in terms his per-game stats. Uh, he looks wonderful out there. He is carrying the offense in ways that I didn't expect him to. He's also averaging 38 minutes per game. Uh, that's really high. It's He's never been up in that sort of range before. He's also never been this healthy and, and physically like fit before. So this could just be a new thing. Uh, Denver probably doesn't want to do that as often. Isaiah Hartstein, only 9.4 minutes per game. I'm sure that Denver would like to get Jokic more rest, but the fact is is that until tonight, and even still, there was there were still some opportunities for, for failure tonight. Uh Jokic had to come back in the game in a what was a 23 point, 25 point blowout, it quickly turned into a a 17 point game, 15 point game, and Jokic had to come back in and he had to put the game away. But I really hope that the Nuggets continue to find ways to rest him, but also continue to show off these skills, because this dude is on another level right now. There is no player in the NBA that I would rather have at this very moment than Nikola Jokic. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, they're coasting a little bit. James Harden, really put up great stats, but his team lost by a lot, and it's not all his faults, like, clearly, like, he didn't have a great supporting cast, but, like, there's only so much that, like, I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't handle Harden. Please, please. Um, Steph Curry still has to prove some stuff. Uh, still has to prove that he can carry a team by himself. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, obviously very, very good. I still think he's limited in one key way, and teams are going to exploit that in the playoffs. Luka Doncic, obviously very, very good, but he's put on a little bit of extra weight too. Like he's he's a guy that you might hear the, the Jokic cries with him from from last year that they, they people want him to lose some weight and get into better shape. Uh Dame Lillard, not sure if he's on Jokic's level. Um he might be, but like I I don't think so personally. Kawhi, we've already seen. Hope he rests up and recovers his face. Um I think that's it. Oh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's another guy, but he's again, he's still coming off of an Achilles. Uh, He still has to rest. I think that there's a very, very, very reasonable chance that Nikola Jokic is the most valuable player in the league right now, at least for the regular season. When the playoffs come around, you never know. Things might change, but he's already proven it in the playoffs. Got to the Western Conference Finals last year. Been really great in the playoffs both times around, and he's locked in more than ever this time around. So I've been really impressed with him. Hope it continues to, to to happen, and hope he continues to keep this thing up. He hasn't faced the greatest defenses yet, especially the greatest center defenders yet, so we'll see if he keeps uh, the nose to the grindstone for all 72 games, but, I mean, what's not to like about what the Joker has done so far? He's been incredible. I've been really happy to cover him. Uh, he's a joy. Like, 18 assists. 18 assists from your center. From your center. He's diming people up the way that he did tonight. That dude is fun. That's gonna do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we will have Chicken Nuggets tomorrow, Garbage Takes on Thursday, and the Denver Civ show on Friday. So make sure to tune into all of those shows. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, but until then, I will talk to you guys very soon.